you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. The Around the NFL Podcast. Are hungry for a 50-burger. I'll take a regular burger. From the Chris Wessling Podcast Studio, it's Around the NFL. I'm Dan Hansis. I got heroes here. Greg Rosenthal, Mark Sessler. It is the official Week 5 preview show, Draft Edition. Seth Dog won't say no to a burger no more. No, I'd have one. I mean, but also 50-burger, we've already experienced in the first four weeks of the season, a 70-burger. It's passe. So you're, are we going to take it down a notch? We're going to accept less. And people send it my way, Greggy, now, because mm. I've, I've hit out against um, uh, big uh, next gen, about <laughs> okay. 21 miles per hour, yeah. at top speed. And it's like, well, surprise me. Reek Woolen chasing down um, a ball carrier of this past week hit 22. And I know that's supposed to impress me. Mm-hmm. And it does. Beautiful athlete, that Reek Woolen. What did right. you go from Tariq to Reek, by the way? This offseason. I, I missed that, and then everybody started doing it. And now this was my first maiden voyage of Reek Woolen. Why does it annoy me? It's, I, he, does it's, it? it's his choice, but it's like how many players are going to change their names? Like in, when I start to understand who they are, then they go in another direction down a different stream. In 1992, I was 12 years old, and I had gone by Danny Hansis to that point. Wow. And I went. To made my, the shift. I went to my mom. I said, Mom, I think I want to go by Dan. And and she rubber stamped it. And um, I'll always love her for that. So you were 12. But was it hard at school? Did they not catch on for a while? I don't remember the branding being difficult. I feel like it, it happened. It's a campaign. Yeah. You know, I, yeah. you got to get the teachers involved. Your first. dad still hasn't really gotten. Totally no. Well, my hey, family, Danny, yeah, Danny. my family didn't transition, but they don't have to do that. But my point is. 22 miles per hour is great. I want to see somebody with the ball in their hands at 22 because it's different. I think you're right. Pull out sprint, chase yeah, it down. Right. You're right. Is impressive. I like that you keep Get issuing, back to me. You keep issuing new demands. Like you, we, we understand that when that happens, you'll need 23. When, when Bijan Robinson and maybe he has to be on a, a different team uh, hits the open field on a breakaway and he's going 22. Are oh, you impressed? That I'm Greg, flying. Are you impressed that Greg runs 12 miles an hour? Yes. For a man of his age. That's great. Yeah. I mean, he he saw me on the softball field. I was getting Very the quick. first pretty fast. I think one of the reasons why the Shield was so successful is we had many types of players, which every roster, no matter the sport, and Greg was that scrappy, pesky, <laughs> slap it through the hole, take the extra base. Yeah, it was uh, like jack a- of all trades defensively. Uh, you were a you were a value add for us, and I thank you for that. I appreciate it. It's a great one-year signing, right? I believe that was the, the one-year deal. <clears throat> um, all right, this is like I said, the draft edition. Uh, of uh, around the NFL week five already. And let's get to it. The first overall pick is presented by DraftKings. I'm going to surprise you guys because it's not it's not a corker of a week in terms of matchups. There's no Bills Miami here. Uh, good job by Greggy uh, with the way things fell for him. He was able to take a, a no doubter. So I'm looking up and down this list and I'm saying, what's the game that I most want to watch? And, and this is going to be a surprise because one of the team's Barely squeaked out their first win last week. But the first overall pick will be Chiefs at Vikings. Mm. And I'm going to tell you why. Okay. I'm going to tell you why. First of all, I always have a soft spot 
for the Vikings and Kirk Cousins. Um, I just enjoy watching them. They're not, they may not be good, but they're never boring. Um, and you have a, a Chiefs team coming off a, a, a battle here uh, against the Jets on Sunday night where, and you saw the, on social media, it was floating around there. That was the first game ever where Patrick Mahomes was outplayed and they, they had different metrics for what that means to be outplayed. And it was Zach Wilson. So, you know, Mahomes, it doesn't sit well that that was the stage he was on and that's how he performed, even though they won that game with some help from the officials. Um, my analogy here, the Vikings, and by the way, this is a uh, Chiefs laying four and a half and a 53 over under. And that's part of my point here. Um, the Vikings are like a, a big, dumb golden retriever. They're cute and they, they're fun to play with. And they and, and, and in general, you like to hang out with them, but they also do stuff like relieve themselves in the house or chew up things when they're bored. Right. Um, and, and, and make bad decisions, run away a lot. And it's just like, oh my God, this thing is so dumb, but it's, it's, it's cute. And it's fun to have around. And the Chiefs are like this professionally trained German Shepherd. Mm. And it, it, it's, it's been through uh, battles. It's been tested. It, it knows when to attack. It knows when to behave. It's, it's beautifully trained. I like the idea of uh, the Chiefs going into Minnesota, into this environment where you have this big dumb retriever running around all over the place <laughs> and drawing out some a little bit more excitement out of the trained German shepherd and let, let's have some fun and let's throw the ball around the yard and let's have a nice shootout in Minneapolis between the chiefs and Vikings. And you got Tony Romo on the call that, that adds a little, I like that too. Nansen Romo with Tracy Wolfson. And it, and it's not a surprise to me. Romo on Patrick Mahomes. That's a new concept, <laughs> <laughs> but is it, the thing about the chiefs is there's, they're quite different though this year. So I find that compelling I know you like, for instance, Mark, the, the Rams are like, they have a different feel to the Rams than they've had sure. the best Packers. I know the Chiefs aren't quite there because it's Mahomes it's, and it's Andy Reid, but they are rather different. I mean, the receiver issue is an issue. Travis Kelsey has had a relatively slow start to the season. I, I think their most dynamic wide receiver is a gentleman named Rashi Rice, who on mm. a team like Minnesota would be the number four receiver. So it's like they're really not that talented in terms of their wide receivers, but their team, their fans really think this is the best defense we've ever had. Are they, though? I mean, they, they weren't great last week. Like, this is a good test for them against a good Minnesota offense. And more importantly, I think long-term for the Chiefs, I really love the way they ran the ball against the Jets, the, the way they've run the ball the last couple of weeks. We know the offensive line is good, and seeing the Chiefs be able to run the ball in key spots is a little different with Pacheco than they have been throughout the course of the Mahomes era. I know Pacheco was a big factor last year. He's an even bigger factor this year, and I think that's where you can get after this Vikings defense, which is improved this year. They're not the total sieves that they were a year ago. Yeah, you're right. I mean, like, so the Chiefs have six players with 100-plus receiving yards. From one side... One POV, it's like, wow, they're versatile. They're spreading the ball around. They've got uh, a lot of different ways to move it. From another angle, it's like, this is kind of part two of the post-Tyreek Hill world where last year they deserve and received a ton of credit for figuring it out, winning the Super Bowl, and it was it was without a true star-wide receiver. It was like a patchwork, a group of guys. Um, it feels a little less effective through the air this time. I mean, I thought he threw a terrible interception last week, Mahomes, but then everyone like freaks out when that happens. It's like, he's still allowed to do that. 
Um, and I, I think they can work their way through the mistakes. And I think they'll probably look a little different even a month from now than they do. Um, I like the golden retriever thing. The Vikings vibe that way to me. I don't think that Bryce Young felt that way when Harrison Smith was coming at him about 162 miles an hour and blew him up three times. Hey, Bryce, you know, feel it. Bro. Well, well, that's a different guy. Yeah. They don't No team in the league blitzes more than the Vikings, but I don't think that matters against Mahomes. He's proven that doesn't matter. I'd be matter. careful with that against Mahomes, but being aggressive is good, too. That's who they are on the floor. So I, I really do think this defense has a different kind of energy to it. Um, they're attacking. Um, this is a this is a matchup that doesn't help in that situation. It helps against Bryce Young with a terrible offensive line and he can't see the field. It's not so helpful when Patrick Mahomes, who I think in the last two years has added, like he's always he always was a good scrambler. But what we've seen in the last last season and to start this year, his work on the ground is like this whole another level up aspect of Mahomes that makes him so dangerous, like especially on third and long. Uh, especially in the red zone. It's like there's he's getting better, really? Well, I don't think they planned on this. It's just been necessary. But you're right. He He's the most valuable rushing quarterback in the league right now, according to QBR. And, and I get it because every time he runs the ball, it's a first down, and that's part of how they mm-hmm. measure it. But his yards per game, it's way higher than it's ever been. And I know it was against Carolina, who's had some struggles defensively, but I was really encouraged by the way the Vikings blew open holes in the running game. Wow, they looked really in sync last week, and Madison ran well, and Akers ran well, and they added some some new elements to their running game, and I think that's the way you can slow down the Chiefs. So if that's consistent, and this is a pretty good offense that the Minnesota Vikings. I think you got a good one. And we knew that, right? Like we knew they this is we didn't they were know they games. were going to repeat last the year. The running game, I was starting to have my doubts. And right. last week they really they I think they were like six, seven yards per carry. They were really good. Yeah, and I'm I'm with you. Like the idea that Kansas City's defense is way better this year. Um I'm kind of into your theory you've been kind of putting out there the last couple weeks, Greg. Like Defense, it's so matchup dependent. And like a a quote-unquote good defense or a well-coached defense with skill players, they're going to make average and bad teams look terrible and then make your defense look great. Uh, But let's see what the KC defense looks like against Kirk Cousins when he's locked in and Justin Jefferson and and Madison getting loose and these wide receivers that are doing things besides Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson, who's such a great fit for their offense. I love this game. Can't wait to Real watch quick, it, guys. Before yes. we move along, yes. Oh, Eric. Wow. Hey, Eric. How are you? Hey, everybody. I'm over Eric. Here. How's it uh, done, by the way? It's doing good. I was talking to you the other day about it. It's the human body's pretty crazy. Yeah, it, it, it is looks, growing back. It's, it's looking normal. It's um, but what about the sci-fi aspect of nothing it? Nothing gnarly. Nothing too crazy. It's kind of upsetting. I know. It feels a little weird. Have you caught anybody? You know, their eyes drifting. No, forward? no. Because I mean, just based on what <laughs> it was like to start, you saw the picture. How? Oh, it yeah. They look mangled. I mean. Right. It just looks like I have. But a you know angle. how people talk, like when the word was trickling through the office that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Eric, uh, you know, he works with the podcast team. Great guy. You know, sneaky, good looking. And, yeah. And all this like, uh, did you, see, you hear about his thumb? He, he lost half his hand. Like, yeah. you know how the people talk. So have you noticed anybody kind of just drift? No, down? I think news is spread. That's like, hey, he doesn't have a nub. So it's, I'm not as cool anymore. Um, but before we move along okay. in the draft, guys. Wait a minute. Good check like, in. But have human beings changed? Like you're, you literally are a human where your thumb is growing back. I've never heard of this before. Like did Van Gogh's ear grow back? Like there's a lot of examples yeah. of like right. losing body parts. They're not like, oh, then suddenly two months later, ears yeah. return. Mm. Like I don't, I want to, I need to see it. I think I had enough of it remaining to kind of mm. just make up for the lack are of. Are you casting doubt on Eric's story? I, 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 it's an area where I'd like to have an eyewitness like, you know, I mean, I have had some it. good pictures. I, I have a picture I could show you. Well, we'll deal with that offline. I think, yeah. I think on balance, Van Gogh chopping off his ear was good for his career. 
Uh, well, we probably don't his legacy. There's no medical follow he up a, on he that. He got a lot of pop. Yeah, not the yeah, worst. Yeah. Not the worst thing for Eric. I don't think it's. I, think, make a name I don't for think he was yeah. in a great place when he did that, Mango. But that's fine. You're right. It was a co- nice career move. But, right. Okay. Um, yeah. Before we move on in the draft, guys, that's what we're doing. Here. Yes. Um, we do have somebody else who wants to weigh in on this uh, oh. Chiefs Vikings game. Has he mm. come out of the darkness? Hello, heroes. With the showman Nick starting us off zero and two on the season. We decided, guess what? He gone. He gone. I know I have a baby shadow on, but no, Eddie. They're not lockable at this point. No. Mackie sitting over here with his Tom Brady jersey on. Ah, love it. I think this week we'll go with the new goat. Who are we going with, Mackie? The Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes, the new goat. Lock Lock it up. (laughs) All right. So Nick cast out of well, the big it's, chair. It's a performance-related business. Wow, Phil and and his great son Mackie. We're we're in a fantasy. Our kids are in a fantasy league with him. And uh, wow, Mackie. I think he's only about twelve or thirteen. I'm not sure how old Mackie is at this point. Uh, but he was giving me the business uh, on text this week, uh, giving me grief, saying he that his dad can't pay the rent because of the old rainmaker. Oh, last week. Well, we've been warning <laughs> a, you about that. He's a real, he's a real West. Now look. it's come. Now it's you know, come home to roost. Have you thought any more about little uh, Bucktooth Susie? I, you know, that's. He also said, "How come yeah, Nick got a code for NFL Plus and we didn't?" I mean, he comes with the hard questions, yeah. and we're working on that. Everybody looking for handouts these days. We're that was the game of the week presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can bet just five dollars and get two hundred in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sports app and use code ATN. That's code ATN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The second pick in the draft goes to Mark. All right. You are right. It's an interesting landscape. Um, and I, I kind of like it because I sometimes reach with my pick and then it's like, oh, it's a bad draft pick. Love. It's like it's the game I want to watch. So who, what, what, what's the other measuring stick? Here? OK, we got it. All right. Anyways, <laughs> I am going Carolina, uh, who are getting 10 points in this game against Detroit. I'm on. I want I, this Lions team. I told you last week, like I choose when I become organically interested in something. And it's not when I'm told to. And a year ago, I was sort of, you know, we're, we're making this thing. And it's like, I appreciate it. it was a logical team of ATL pick, but I like them now. Now I like them. And they're interesting to me. And I love who they are. They're a team to me from another generation on some level. Um, a well, team- welcome. Yeah. You, you, well, it's, it's like you a- liked you two once Octung Baby came. Yeah, I know. Like, I, okay, like, now. I know. I know. Now, I know. Man. I know, I know the heart. two of you will spin it in a way that you can walk around the hallways giggling at. But it's like I literally am just. <laughs> There's no you, spinning. There's I, no spin. I like them now because I like them. And I love the fact that, like, they've changed a lot uh, to me on defense, especially. I mean, they are a team that is allowing 60 yards per game on the ground. Best in the NFL. That tells me right there. Check you later, Panthers. There's no way out for a low-octane Panthers offense that looked completely lost last week against those Vikings um, and made the Vikings defense look like a monster. I mean, they, hmm. they punished Bryce Young uh, left and right. I never thought David Montgomery – I never liked the, what they did with their, with their backfield, to be honest, when they got rid of Swift and, like, the rest of the crew. And you bring in David Montgomery, who I never was as big of a fan of as, like, some of our people in the building here – And like he was used like 32 times last night, last week for 121 yards. The single biggest workload of the season. It works. They can run the ball. Um, They got a great offensive line. Jared Goff right now is PFF's number three quarterback. I think that's fair. I think it's like we talked about it yesterday with Nick Shook and Key Index. There you go, PFF. That 
no, nothing braggy there. That just makes sense. It's it's on. a little it's a little that escalated does. from I think who I think the player is, but like you got to base it off his actual performance this year, and it's like he's always fit in this offense, and I'm all right with him. It's like Andy never- Dalton was like number five for them last year, which is I think those types of quarterbacks well, do well with PFF guys that don't make do. mistakes and they they throw but, it where but they. But Goff mean. doesn't make Goff not did not make mistakes down the stretch last year, and he's not made and, and that was sort of his calling card under pressure. He'd start to see ghosts and create chaos and. I just don't see how the Carolina Panthers right now. I did, like I watched them last week, and it's just like the they seem to be going in the wrong direction. And in fact, I think like I don't. I know you want. I know you want to like grow Bryce Young. Um, I be, I'm concerned about where Bryce Young is at this hmm. point. And I think Andy Dalton would give him a better chance to win, but that's not what we're doing. And Bryce Young on passes of under 10 yards has a yes. 99.2 like rating. Okay. Yes. Like that's what their offense is. Like a massive amount of their yardage and their completions are behind or at the line of scrimmage on throws of 10 plus yards. His rating dips to 25.1. He's struggling downfield. Um, they don't got a great cast of weapons. And I just don't see how you stop a Detroit team that right now feels like they're just a rock rolling downhill. I thought that was Bryce Young's best game. I, I did go back to watch that one to see on the coaches from just like, where's this guy at? And, Look, I don't think they were dominated. They had four drives of over 10 plays, 10, 11, 15, 15. And it just shows how unexplosive they are, that they're working so hard. Like at the end of the game, they need to score a touchdown and they go on a seven minute drive to get in position for it. That ends horribly where Bryce Young did absolutely look like a rookie. But I'm not that worried because I think he makes pretty good decisions. He looks comfortable in the pocket and the situation around him is so bad that I think that's been a little underrated. They are dead last in the NFL in run block win rate. They're, they're maybe the worst running team in the NFL. What do you want to give a young quarterback, like a good running game? They are 26th in uh, DVOA in terms of their defense. Their defense is terrible. Like they're dead last in run defense as a defense. They can't get off the field defensively. And I feel like Bryce Young has taken everything and he hasn't looked good, but I thought he looked a little better coming off the bye where it's like he's come out better than some rookie quarterbacks where it's a fiasco. I I think this is a very tough matchup and it's not, it's ultimately not going to look good for him, but like long-term I'm not that concerned because the first month of a guy's career, it it can lie to you, you know, like RG three was, was way ahead of Russell Wilson and and maybe even Andrew Luck that year. All right. So hold on. Like, just so I don't get like a bunch of hot takers coming. I'm not, ill-fading his career. No, I know. I, he's not been impressive. There, I want to point to one drive, where, and it's the whole offense. It's not just on Bryce Young, but they had a point where they had seven shots inside the eight-yard line to generate points, and it was a hodgepodge of drops, incomplete passes, right. poorly thrown passes, field goal. And you're right. It took him a long time to get down there. That's, like, to me, that's partly, Coach, because I think he's shown but, he can But we've been a, on the Frank, we've been on the Frank Reich thing yeah. like all season. I think this is not Frank Reich, who's maybe a little over-celebrated, is like what he's going to bring to you out of the gate. Like Their offense isn't that creative. They're not doing a lot with Bryce Young that puts Bryce Young in a great place. And you're right. They don't have a ground game, and they're facing the best run defense. Panthers had a real chance in that game last week. They were up 13-7 inside the Minnesota 30, and then Bryce doesn't um, hold on to the ball, leads to the touchdown, and then, you know, the the vision and that stuff he's going to learn. But Harrison Smith is doing the same thing over and over again, and he's just not sensing Harrison Smith is coming off the edge, flying, and that leads to the end of the game. and, And, but, like, I also, yeah, definitely saw things. He does, maybe this is just a me thing, but 
I don't like small quarterbacks. I, I kind of with you. It's it hard to watch, you know. He's, a, he's extra and small, I would he's, say. And he just feels, you know, that that gets me nervous. But that's also not fair because, you know, he's been successful his whole life so far. But they even said during the telecast, like, hey, this isn't Alabama anymore. Like when these guys are flying off the edge, they're not just looking to take you down. They're looking to take the ball away. So he's learning. And maybe he's not uh, at, at the level where maybe C.J. Stroud is right now. Or maybe it's more a situation and setup. But. Overall, yes, I thought there was progress last week, and I don't think he's by any means like a mate. Like, oh my God, is this a Zach Wilson situation no, or no, Trey no. Lance? Like, I'm not there with him, but I think maybe he's he's suffering a little bit because the other young quarterbacks taken around him are doing well and, and jumping out early on. That's how it works. But also, I mean, I'd say they're not in that game. They're, they weren't in that game because of the offense. They're in that game because of a 99-yard pick six on Kirk Cousins. And other various right. Vikings gaffes that put and, him in a position to score and points. And partly because they just kept the ball for so long, which is like that that's what I mean where he he's not gonna wow you and he, he's he's not there yet. And it's meant to wow us. That's the problem. Right. This is a spot where like the Lions are out of the lock zone. What a world we're living in. That's gotta be a first in the history what of is it? around ten. the NFL. It's ten Whoa. points. And the the one thing I didn't I wish I had hit uh when I did the TNF recap with, with JP Acosta who did a great job was just Man, the way this Lions team has looked and the way Branch and Laporta specifically, who, who are just fantastic, have come out of the gates. And I, I think it's OK to raise your expectations already for Lions fans. Lions yes. fans were there, but we're now looking at them. It's like it's OK to see this team and say they're like a top seven or eight team in the NFL. They can reasonably expect that, like, we have a great chance to not just make the playoffs. It's been a while, but to win a playoff game. And to compete in the NFC. And man, even just winning the playoff game, I was talking to Cynthia Freeland, our friend, Lions fan. Like, she was like, I think that would make me cry. I don't even need to get to a Super Bowl if they win a playoff game. And I'm expecting them at this point to be at home and have a playoff game because I think they're going to win their division and and maybe be favored in that game and win that game. And, and who knows after that? It's it's wild. I would say, Jan, Dan, you, you get this as a Jets fan. Yeah. When the Browns beat the Steelers, like, yeah, they went on. It was like just house money at that point. Like to see them win that playoff game, you were waiting. I understand where Cynthia is coming from. Brian Branch, though, did not practice Wednesday. I just read that Amon Ross St. Brown did not practice today on Thursday. Um, Josh Reynolds is banged up. So it's not hey, them at their full complement. Uh, unsolicited advice. You're a good enough team where if you go and arrest some guys, Branch limping all over the field last Thursday night. Take care of business against yeah. the Panthers. And, and if you have to rest a couple guys, do that. I feel that confident about Detroit right now because I don't think this has been like out of nowhere. Like the defense, the thing I really love about what the Lions have done, and they've surprised me. And I think you mentioned the Jets and you mentioned the Browns. Before the season, I kind of was lumping the Lions in as these sad sack franchises that get their fan base's hopes up with a, a good close to a season. And then they fall on their face a little bit when, when the actual expectations go up instead, what Dan Campbell and the rest of this team have done, they've leveled up and they, all the, the growth at the end of last season has now gone to the next level in this season. And that's a sign of a team that is really becoming a potential. Yeah. As you said, real, real deal contender. And uh, Jamison Williams back. We'll see what happens with him. Yeah. It sounded like they might not even play him. Because uh, not much, like, at least coming out of our injury. We'll see. I've uh, it might be premature, but I've already reached a stage where like we'll see what he what he gives them. It's been a weird Whatever. career. Greg, you're up. Third pick. All right. I am going to take uh, a late game. I'm going to take Eagles coming across the street to the Rams. Eagles favored by four and a half. We got the Fox A team. Kevin Burkhart, Greg Olson. Rinaldi's in the house on a 405 game. Hey, Rinaldi, you don't see that hype. too often. 
You check out that commercial. He's playing against type that shows rain. I, no, right. I think he's, he's uh, you talk about thespians that also just double as reporters. That's him. It's like usually you, yeah, Aaron Andrews doesn't even know what a 405. She's never had a 405 game before. This this is different. But I, w- it's a I weird feel like week. this was the either the first or second pick, but not a reach, Mark. You, you do what makes you happy. I uh, I love this game. <laughs> This, uh, what, what did you take? I, I was gonna take this game if I didn't take my. I, like I will. Yeah. I, I I liked to, your strategy. I like to pick a couple games that I'm excited to see as the week goes forward. And this this would fill, I, plus I can see it out the window. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll be a great great <laughs> shot of like Eagles fans. Uh, yeah, it'll be a lot buying of beer fans. and going of, to, going yeah, number one. Eighty percent Eagles fans. It'll it'll be a lot of Eagles fans. Look, this is a great test for both teams. I actually think it's a great test for the Eagles defense, which has been yeah. Yeah. But little disappointment. Yeah. Little disappointed. But I think starting with the Rams, it's just a great test of this offensive line, which has been a pleasant surprise and what they did last week in the run game and and the way that it's not that wide zone team anymore. They're more of a power running scheme now. And it's you're starting to see dividends. And then an even bigger test of this defensive line and this defense, which has held up just well enough to let the offense uh look great because this Eagles Offensive line and really both their lines week after week seem to be gaining momentum and their offense played fantastic last week. And you just I just have a hard time seeing that this Rams defense can slow them down. And so when Cooper Cup potentially returns for this game, we don't know, but he did practice, according to McVay, fully, even though they listed him as limited. They said he was doing everything. Mm. Can the, can, is the Rams offense good enough? Because I really love this Rams offense. Is it good enough with Cup to keep up in a total shootout? And I think they could. As long as that hip isn't a problem with Stafford, I think this game could be in the 30s, and then I'm loving life at 40. This is why, like, I like, this one. like so Jordan Rodriguez wrote, like, this awesome article about the fact that Sean McVay, who was, you know, married to – Wide zone forever, like has changed the ground game entirely to this gap scheme, and they lead the league in gap sc- scheme run usage. And it's like I, that is just another like bullet point of like why this Rams team, which I, I had some Rams exhaustion. We live in LA; it's in your face all the time for a long period of time. It's like the stadium. I mean, you were exhausted before so they even got. It's there. not really. They are very it's much not, not in our. It actually face, hasn't I been post Super Bowl, but th- yeah. when, when they arrived. Like in and we were in Culver City. Yes, it was. I think some of us were well more, more. We wanted to welcome it more than others. I I was a little resistant. This Sean McVay though, like, is doing the coaching job of the year right now. It's like I I kind of think the team is like, they're not they're rebuilding, but they're like they're here today. And and I I think this is like an incredible test because if you get Cooper cut back, and I I think the Stafford hip thing, I mean. If we're worried about a calf injury, like a hip injury could heat up at some point. And like he couldn't walk after that thing really after last week. So he that's says he'll be fine, but he's talking about like adrenaline will get me through. No, that's I don't, not I don't good. like hearing that. That's not I don't good. like that. I have major concerns about any professional athlete dealing with a hip injury, an older quarterback dealing with a hip injury. Guy's not mobile as it is. So you're going to potentially have a situation where that could be aggravated easily. So I have concerns about that. I love everything else about the Rams. I agree. I think Sean McVay right now is the coach of the year front runner. It's very early. Greg doesn't like talking about awards this early, but I do Um, because of what he's been able to do here, building this team on the fly. And that's from DFF Dan football focus. Sure. I liked. Hmm. Do you check that? You pay a premium for that. Greg? (laughs) I think we get a free account as uh, thirty nine ninety nine <laughs> a week. I charge it's I do terrible business. It, it doesn't do anything. Um, but yeah, like uh, and all this talk. Remember all the talk. I know they're not gangbusters, but remember all the talk about like, 
oh my god, this Los Angeles defense. Right. Who are they? They don't have anybody. They got Aaron Donald, a bunch of guys. So the fact that they've been able to um be competitive week in and week out, and the offense has been very good, and now you have one of the top five receivers in the league. Hopefully that hamstring is right and they're playing this the right way. Um Love the game, hate the hip injury, and I just hope that's hmm. not something that's going to ruin their season. Yeah, they they came into this year. We talked about the thirty draft picks that they had, or whatever. They had the thirty rookies because they had twenty undrafted guys. And you think of who they're getting out of this class right now. Everyone knows Puka Nakua, you know, one of the rookie of the year candidates. But they've got a guy in Steve Avila at guard that I think they believe is a future Pro Bowler, who's already a plus starter. And then they have two starters on defense. Um, in uh, Kobe, what is his name? Kobe Turner, who's playing solid. And then a good odd rusher in Byron Young. That's four starters. That's a big time uh, rookie class. And, and they're going against the Eagles who got a lot of attention for their rookies and, and the way Jalen Carter's playing. Like these are rookies that have stepped in and kind of look like pro bowlers right off the bat, which is which is just wild. The Eagles got to clean up their red zone, though. They're, they're one of the worst teams in the league, surprisingly, in the red zone on both sides of the ball. I think that will clean. That's the kind of thing that I just think that I, I do think yeah. the new coordinator Man. thing has helped uh, like, or has had an impact. I mean, they, I think we're they finding don't have out, Shane Steichen. Yeah. Right. I think we're finding out like how special Steichen was. And it's kind of like when Frank Reich left the Eagles and it's like, is it was Frank Reich kind of the the brainiac behind all this? It's like, I think it's a group thing, but like Steichen's loss affects them a lot. Um, the one thing, though, like when they've had these issues through the air and AJ Brown blew up last week, but the ground game has been insane. And like, I think that's the thing for the Rams. Like I, I look yeah. back at that Eagles drive went after, after the commanders went, went down the field on that 14 play March last week and the Eagles come back tied up at seven, seven, but that Deandre Swift touchdown, there is not, there's no one near him. He blasts into the end zone and there's like eight, there's eight yards between him and anyone else. It's like, they're better at that than anyone in the league. They have more yards to rush before contact than anyone else. And it's like, where does that stat come from? Like wide open gaps before someone in a second layer is finally touching you. Last week, the storyline that people were trying to push was what's wrong with the Eagles passing game. Then they threw the ball over the yard. And now it's like, oh, the Eagles four and oh, but are they okay? Like, I'm just not interested. And we've been doing that's that. Not interested. Right. We, do that, we, we do that with the Chiefs struggling. Too. Like that's okay to multiple things can be true. They were a mediocre. Yeah, passing but game. like what? I why are we nit, nitpicking with this team? They're right. a juggernaut. They're fi- they're, maybe they're yeah. figuring some things out early, but there are so many other teams with much larger pressing issues. The Eagles are just taking care of their business. They were just so perfect during the, the, the regular season last year that it's like. Maybe that's what it is. You know. Right. But I just can't be convinced to get. Worried. They're just too talented. No, and don't they're, they're, spend your time. DFF doesn't no, I, go I, down that road. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. We don't. All right, uh, Greg. All right, I'm going to take the Houston Texans at the Atlanta Falcons. Falcons favored by two at home. Hmm. It's like wow. I, I mean, that's a lot th- of respect. These teams aren't that close to that's me. A lot of respect for a team that maybe. Hasn't earned such a thing. I mean, two points at home, though, is telling you we're saying we don't yeah, believe but, in you. OK, I, I, and I teased this on Monday, I meant to bring it up yesterday. But I mean, this Texans team, at, at what point do we got to uh, talk about them as like a real team now? And, check their and schedule ma- maybe even a team of ATL because. Whoa. Hey, when I got home last Sunday night and I was thinking, if I feel like it, I'll watch a game when I get home. Sometimes I don't. Whatever. Felt like it. Which team did I want to go watch? Wait, let me just picture it. Greg draws a bubble bath. <laughs> he lights some candles. Well, this actually, I'm glad you mentioned that. because That all reminds me of Treat our, myself. our friend Chris Wesseling. Who, He's a big chicken parm hero. He he loved to watch in a bath. 
he would talk about it quite a bit. It's true, actually. Maybe that was buried in my psychology. Yeah, um, and he was the one that this was his big test of, like, what team is exciting him the most? Which team does he want to watch Sunday night? And Nick Wesseling, and just as I had had these thoughts of, like, which team do I want to watch? You know what? I want to watch C.J. Stroud and Nico Collins. I want to see what's going on with them. I want to see them. Mm. I want to see them destroy a Steelers team. Your family's like, haven't seen you in 14 hours. Well, they're, <laughs> have a nice bath. They're asleep. They're asleep. I mean, well, Emma because that, but she, she's not interested. Daddy, yeah, I have well, to go to the bathroom. An go downstairs. <laughs> uh, Nick, that night, or maybe it was the next night, texted me, the first the first team I want to watch right now is CJ Stratton. I was like, oh, is this a sign sign from I don't know where? Mm-mm. That, like like that. that's the first team he wants to watch. And it's not just CJ Stroud. First of all, 69 to 23 over the last two weeks against two good enough teams. Those are two more blowouts. I, I looked it up at two plus point blowouts in a row for that's not easy to do. For instance, the Minnesota Vikings have not won a single game. Pretty well, good team. They're well, a big, dumb dog in, in four years, though, yeah. in four years. Like how many games have the. The Jets won by 20 points in the last handful of years. There, well, there aren't that many. Franchise. A weird example. Yeah. Okay. But my point is. Use a different example. Once. Just once. Well, the Vikings, I think, are a good one because they've been <laughs> they've, they've been winning a lot of games. It's not easy to blow teams out. Like, this team might just be good. And when I look at Nico Collins especially, I want to highlight him. Like, I I was not familiar with your work, young man. Mm. I mean, I did not know that he was a true one. He is a six-foot-four giant that makes people miss in open space you don't you just those guys who are like kind of the tall thin profile like an aj green type they usually don't move that well in the open field he is a true one and you've got a true great quarterback i'm into this team they're gonna win this game by the way yeah and it's funny because you're like when is it time to take them for real or whatever and i'm it's like i was looking for you know at home against the Niners, or like yeah, some type of like real fun game. The Bills on the schedule, they have at Atlanta, home Saints, at Carolina, home Bucks, at Cincinnati. Okay, maybe, maybe, but we don't even know anymore. Yeah. Home Arizona, home Jaguars, home Broncos, wow. at Jets. The schedule at Tennessee, home. He's- the South team, Cleveland. They all play each other in both conferences. The schedules are preposterously. This favorable. is setting up. That's like a nine-game carpet. Yeah, I mean, this is setting up if if Stroud continues uh, to build on this as yeah, one of the biggest surprises in the league and a double-digit win team. Whoa. We're getting way ahead of ourselves, but no, but it's look at the schedule yeah, and look at the matters. progress that we've seen in the first uh, four weeks. I don't think it's fluky. I think there's some things happening here, and it starts with the coaching staff that's like really well picked and works well with the players here. D'Amico Ryan's like, I mean, I always kind of felt from the beginning like they finally found their guy after like two years of one and done chaos. Um, they put it on the Jaguars. 366 yards the week before 389 on a pretty good Colts defense that I'd like parts of um, 451 yards against the Steelers and they haven't been running the ball that well and they've had a ton of offensive line injuries and I think part of the Bobby Slowick situation is that and you see this in the, it's a Shanahan guy I know that gets tiresome but it's like you work with offensive line deficiencies and they have used those pass protection issues and turned around and add absolutely like a flood of screens and quick release passes that like mitigate that and put their rookie quarterback, unlike the one we just talked about, in a good situation. And they got that run game going last week finally. They do. Which Here's the nice. one thing. In this game, though, I think they are, they're not perfect. They are 30th in the league in run defense. It, by some metrics, they're the worst run defense in the league. So if you're the Falcons, and the Falcons to me are mm. backed up against a wall, they can only do one thing well. But if they're going to do it well, you do it well this week. Otherwise, I mean, I know where I was a month ago with the Falcons. Like, this to me is Arthur Smith's kind of like, 
Are you going to acknowledge what we all see? We talked about this on Sunday night. Um, is this like another situation where Arthur Smith is kind of like George Bush saying like mission accomplished, like well to go way to go Brownie, or it's like, can we acknowledge that there's more work to do here? And if you want this team that has, has a good roster of a chance, if Ritter is, you know, absolutely melting again, you've got Taylor Heineke. It's Give funny. It a I love shot. It when he goes way to go Brownie. It's just, it's just like a great, great riff. It's funny that uh, you brought up uh, GW because I actually think about not GW on the aircraft carrier. Yeah. When I think of Arthur Smith and where he's at right now, I think of GW in the elementary school classroom. And somebody That's getting, dark. His, getting his ear and telling him something that he needs to react to. And instead of acting, he's sitting. Reading a children's book. And he's ruminating. And he's wondering what he should do when it's very apparent he needs to do something. Hmm. But he's deciding to stick with his quarterback for now, and we'll see. Uh, if that pays off and he, it makes him look smart and uh, or against, against, you know, it a very fam- a, a famous Texans, you know, fan, George H.W. Bush. And you so right yeah. now you have Arthur Smith Always reading those games. You have Arthur mm, Smith reading sure. the pet goat to uh, his team kind of. here on Thursday as lot, they prepare for the a lot practice. of George Bush content. Fun, um, fun two and two game. But yes, you, you, I was feeling the Falcons coming into the year. You never know what's going to happen. And I guess I guess stick a pin in it. But I I'm I'm thinking about the Texans here. Team of ATL. Just I think I, I have a nominee as well that I feel very mm. good about. And okay. that could be something that we uh, tee up for down the road. Let's take a break and then we will continue with the draft. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. All right. Back to the draft. And we have, yes, a trade. You may recall. Barely. From last week. <laughs> we struggle to recall the terms, but we, we can't. It's we tough. It took yeah. about 10 minutes to work out the yeah. <laughs> logistics of it before we started. Um, but we did. And uh, yes, I have Mark's second pick as a result of the trade from last week. And with that pick sliding into Mark's spot, we essentially flip uh, Mark. So I jump ahead of you one spot. And with that, Jump. I will take the Baltimore Ravens at Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, a, you know, listen. I mean, come on now, Steelers. What are, what are we doing? Uh, <laughs> Where are we at? We're not playing football well. We so are not protecting the quarterback. We are not calling a particularly uh, aggressive scheme of offense. Our young quarterback is not playing with any sense of confidence and belief in self. They have playmakers but i'm not seeing plays being made the defense has showed up some some weeks and then other weeks like last week against the aforementioned houston texans they didn't really show up much at all and the texans did what they wanted with cj stroud using his precision passing and nico collins jumping off the screen and and it was just you know bad 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 and yet with the ravens coming to town I, I feel like if there is a kind of circle the wagon situation with the Pittsburgh Steelers, a, a proud organization, a well-coached team over uh, overall, you can get on Matt Canada, and I wonder how how 
patient. Uh, if if Mike Tomlin truly believes in the Steelers team as a, a team he, he thinks should be taking the next step this year, which I imagine he does, does Canada get a free pass this year, or could a change come if this continues? Here's their scoring by week, by the way. Uh, they had seven points week one. The Browns, 26, but there was some defensive scoring in that game, as I recall, against Cleveland. Uh, yes? I'd have to go Set check. Them up in yeah, great they, spots. They yeah. were not great on offense in that game. I believe TJ Watt had a, a return in that game. Uh, the Raiders, uh, they scored 23 in a win. Uh, they scored six in a loss to the Texans, and now they need to do something on offense. This is such an important week uh, for the two and two Steelers against the Ravens, who looked very good with Lamar Jackson doing his thing against Cleveland last week. Yeah, this is one of those matchups. I'm not saying throw out the records. But to your point, it's a division matchup where Mike Tomlin's actually had a better beat on stopping Lamar than just about any defensive coach in the league. They've they've generally done well. They've they've generally won and they've generally limited Lamar Jackson compared to to other uh, opponents. Now, the Baltimore running game now isn't just Lamar. It's really good with Lamar in the red zone, especially like they're getting him uh, holes to run in for touchdowns, but they're picking and choosing. It's the rest of the running game that's really been impressive to me. They're throwing a lot of different things out there considering that they've had so many injuries, and it sounds like they could get Ronnie Stanley back this week, but now their right tackle, Morgan Moses, might be out. Gus Edwards was back last week. I think he looks good. Like It doesn't matter who's been back there. Their running game can throw a lot at you, and when Lamar is the quarterback, it just gives you so many things to prepare for. And I loved what I saw out of Mark Andrews too. So I think they're coming together. Mark Andrews didn't seem hundred percent at the beginning of the season. You're seeing a more complete Ravens offense, and that's going to be a lot for Tomlin in this defense to deal with. Yeah. I know the Ravens largely were helped and coasted because Dorian Thompson Robinson was not ready to play professional football a week ago. But what impressed me about them was how they started to heat up against a Cleveland defense. We were, you know, correctly calling like a top five defense, if not top three in the days prior. Uh, I saw like Melvin Gordon, a big run. Like they're right. getting that's it from what everyone, I mean. when, right? When, when Melvin Gordon's popping off 20, you're, that's yeah. a good, that's a good sign. Uh, the pl- a play got called back, but Justice Hill was shifty as hell yep. on like a 50 yard screenplay. Uh, yeah. They're doing some things in that game. They are. And it's like, so, you know, I, here's the one thing I, I look at the AFC North and I kind of think like we're getting from the AFC South in terms of like results and thriving and surprise teams and interesting teams, what we thought we'd get from the North. And right now the Ravens are set up really well. Like this is a pivotal game. Mm. You've beaten both Ohio teams in your division. Uh, The Steelers have a quarterback that's banged up. And by the way, just not playing well. We all get that. Um, Joe Burrow's calf could go in a moment. And I think Lamar Jackson and this offense are starting to find themselves. It's like, I had a lot of questions about Todd Munkin in general. Like, it's like, I'm not sure that's a wizard. We have a lot of like evidence. He's going to come in and change everything. But they right now lead the league in like red zone touchdown rate, which is a problem for them at other times in the previous offense. Jackson is completing 80% of his red zone passes. So they're getting down there and they're scoring. And like, I like that about him. They're running the ball better. Odell Beckham returned to practice Wednesday. Rashad Bateman returned to practice Wednesday. Marlon Humphrey returned to practice Wednesday. So I also look at a team that like for three years in a row, I know Lamar Jackson's injury killed them two seasons running. But outside of that, like, they deal with injuries as well as any team in the AFC. They find a way around it. And the the Steelers are quite banged up for this game. They, they're, they're going into the bye. We should mention, you know, we last talked about the Steelers Monday night. We thought Pickett was going to be out at least this week. 
and he's practicing and he's saying he's playing. So at good? This, that's I don't think that's good. I think Mitch. <laughs> I think Mitch Trubisky would be an upgrade. Pick it. Well, that's why I had the question mark. Right. Again. Yeah. I mean, to answer your question, I and they're going to be short. Pat Fryermuth is not expected to play, who's been consistent for them. And uh, a few of their offensive linemen, Okorafor uh, and James Daniels, are out of practice. And it looks like they'll make that switch at left tackle. Dan Moore is hurt, uh, although they have their first-round pick to, to insert there, which a lot of fans have been wanting. He's just – he has not looked comfortable. And the, the Ravens defense throws a lot at you. Roquan Smith to me is an all pro right now. He would be my, my all pro linebacker. He, he, to me has been, you know, beyond behind Lamar, the MVP of that team every week. He is really making great. And I don't, um, I've, I've seen it before. I don't enjoy watching it. Um, but I understand how it happens, but it doesn't make it any fun to watch when you could tell when a struggling young quarterback does not have the trust of his offensive coordinator, and the offensive coordinator then changes the game plan and everything is underneath. Everything is short. They're not yep. they're not pushing the ball downfield uh, because they're trying not to make mistakes. And that's the, that's what I felt like I was watching yesterday, last week against Houston uh, with Pittsburgh. And mm. Canada's in a tough spot because I think he's he's he believes that Pickett might not be seeing the field well or he doesn't because of the pass rush. It's causing them to have to. Uh, work in a way maybe that's not conductive to the the way the roster is built, but n- none of it is is fun to watch. That's the other thing of it. They they've been a, a slog on offense. You know what throws me a little bit because it's like I wonder sometimes with these quarterbacks when you come in as a rookie because I can think of like Baker Mayfield in 2018 with what he did that lone isolated group of games. Like I thought we had the next Russell Wilson. I thought he was going to be a star. He looked fantastic, but then like they changed offenses and he fell off a cliff in the whole offense. Mac like, Jones kind of similar. His best yeah, year was but Mac, rookie. But, year. but Mac Jones walked into chaos in year two, but that's, you're right. That Like you change things, but this is the same coordinator. Um, and I thought Pickett, like, you know, he's not a physical, like dominating specimen, but he did things well and he can't, had a knack to come back in games. And this year, like it's completely opposite. And it's funny because it's I think Canada, like it's easy just to pick on him week after week. But he actually like got very angry at the CBS broadcast. Spiro um, Didis. Right. Because they, they took a quote from him in a conversation that basically sort of suggested that Canada said we are not an offense that's built to come back. And what he was actually talking about. And they, by the way, that seems true. So that's the problem. It's like there's evidence there. But he was talking about the, the late in the Niners game. They weren't built to come back in that game the way that that was. Mm. But that said, like Canada's under so much fire, and I think like like this is the I've always feel like no matter what happens in Pittsburgh, Tomlin's going to get them out of there. They're going to win nine games, and there's going to be hope for next season. It's like this is your argument to just ignore the preseason because I got sold down a river on this, and it look I look like a rube. But I, there's a bunch of people on the same raft with me. You guys want to hear my Spiro Ditas impression? I've never tried. Oh, I'm just please. yes, Great. sir. Clowny in the backfield, and he's buried. It's pretty good. <laughs> That's good. It's pretty good. I liked it. Yeah. I think all play-by-play people came from like a certain planet somewhere. Like, don't they all sort of like, you know. What a name on that Didas, huh? Cloudy, by the way. I just checked the PFF PFF ranks. You don't want to hear this. Who's top 10 in pressures this year? It's Jadevian. Clowny, nice little pickup by the Ravens. Nice little pickup. Well, I I predicted that. Having a nice season. Get off my steps. I said he would go there, and they would find a way to (laughs) finally unlock him after years of disappointment. He's also a bad teammate. Oh, stop. I have... Go have your fun. What? He is? He quit on his last team. Well, last team, they weren't happy with him, but he had a nice game against them last week. Just saying. Well, are you saying that 
he's had a, a pro career that's lived up to expectations. <laughs> no, he was, he was touted as like Lawrence Taylor. No, I, I always he's always been a good starter. Like he's he's actually better than the average number one overall pick. That would be my take. Hmm. Barely, but but better. This I mean, year. in 10 years, have one season where you have 10 sacks to be but also, hyped up as a hall. And also you walked out on. I know. I know. And it's like, oh, it's like now you're with the okay, division. Like, rival. You walked out on your team. <laughs> this all came from my. Wait He's till, buried. Wait till okay. things start to go wrong. Then we'll see what happens with the uh, See that I kind of got sucked in there because, I, oh, Greg's going a little off playbook with an impression. Yeah. But then it dovetailed into like. Greg dragging us into this vortex, this clowny vortex. He's, he's smart that way. So now I feel like I wish I didn't hear the impression. And it was a thing I was so excited about. Tough sitch. Let's try to get the show back. Because <laughs> now it's gone, but it's not over. Mark, you're up. This was uh, we flipped tr- uh, picks based on last week's blockbuster trade. And so it's your pick. Yeah. Um, oh, can I'm, I just one real quick thing? Absolutely. I think Pittsburgh wins. How about oh, that? Wow. I kind of do too. I've been I've wow. been watching these Tomlin teams forever, and I I predict Ooh. a monster defensive effort. I do. Too. I don't know about this offense, uh, but T.J. Watt getting after it, having a huge game, and making a play that changes the. And if they did, they'd be tied for the division lead. And if they don't, weird yeah, they're way behind, and the Steelers or the Ravens would have a three and a record. They are four and a half point underdogs. The Steelers at home. Good so job, if if uh, Dan Very good. Uh, if Dan was right, he could really he could really make some rain. Well, I, that's not my territory, and, and based on last I'm week, taking the Ravens. Those. I'm yeah. taking the Ravens. Clear skies. Um, all right. Mm, wait, 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 Mark. Wait. Nope, I had nothing else to add. Go ahead. I, the look on your face, I thought you were Because I, knew, something I had something. There. I don't know what was I did have something. There. Why? Okay. What did you think I was doing? I don't know. I'm glad you didn't do it. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to go. <laughs> I want to see uh, the team that last week everyone is down on and, like, they didn't live up to the test. Can they come back? Can they show us who they really are after a, a beating in their own division, the Miami Dolphins? Mm. Oh, it's another uh, Mark Sessler. Let me pick the blowouts week. Giving up 11 to the Giants. Well, that's what You know what? That's what I love about it. Everyone, like I got a bird everyone, to catch to London. I want only blowouts. <laughs> everyone assumes it's going to be another sort of rocking chair out. Sunday for I'm Sessler. I'm not going to do what <laughs> you think I'm going to do. I, I did four games last week. I, I, you know, I did everything you said I couldn't do. So. Here's your purple heart. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I do. I honestly want to see how they bounce back. I think this obviously is. Would it so- tell you much? If because the Giants have been maybe the worst team. In the I league. guess I'm more thinking that like to your Steelers Ravens thing. Yeah. Steelers have looked like a massive disaster. There doesn't seem a lot of hope. The Giants have been a mega disaster, an embarrassment. Like a team that went to the playoffs, and it's like, was that actually just the biggest mirage we've ever been mm. witness to in the last five years of the NFL seasons? And. uh I think it might be based on how they're built right now. Their offensive line is an absolute mess, but there's a little bit of controversy in Miami that I kind of like because, like, they got fried by the Bills last week. And then Miami. this week, Miami. Dolphins players were saying, you know, there's still I, whenever this happens, I always see little chinks in the armor and wonder where we'll be like hmm. eight weeks from now. Dolphins players sort of saying that with this Vic Fangio Uh-oh. defense, that there's still a learning curve. And Fangio, I mean, we, we've met Fangio at like the – Ravens Niners Super Bowl week and I tried to interview him and he was alone at one of those little circular tables. That's a good go. chance to talk. Very did not want me there with him. Very I mean it's just sort of like a straight to the point. Irascible. Yeah, no, I think we felt yeah. that with his head coach Rain, but he basically Kinda said like the grandfather, like most grandfathers are kind of in this mode where they're just like, just leave me alone. Like I've been in this I've been in this game called life yeah. for too long to be dealing with you. Let me sit in my rocking chair. Still. 
just get off, get off my porch. Right. I didn't. I don't know if you guys had like the nice grandfather. Mine were very nice. Um, that was like loving. Is like, hey, let's go fishing or whatever. It's like, no, my grandfather's like, no, I already had children and we are moving forward. There are no <laughs> reverse gears in this tank, and uh, that's who I am. Well, so Vic might be that. He grew up in a yeah. coal mine too, or coal mines, coal mine city too. Deep, deep coal within city. a coal mine. Sure. Well, that that would do it. Um, yeah. Yeah, but Vic Fangio, basically, when they were pinging him about that, like all these little reporters, he was like, well, it should be there already. These guys should know it. So it's already like coordinator. When I, whenever this starts Very, to happen, yeah. I wonder. Just like Stern it, grandfather it, so move. I, I know this sounds like I'm taking a wipeout. Um, I kind of don't think it's going to be. I had, I had this like spidey sense about it, and I just want to see how Miami responds. Um, there's no reason they shouldn't take care of business. It's Miami. down in like super hot Miami, South Beach. Probably like 142 degrees. Not good for the Giants and their terrible offensive line that can barely move in temperate weather. Yeah, maybe the Dolphins get back Jalen Phillips in this game. I mean, the the line, lines makers are expecting blah. Dolphins favored by 11. I don't know if that's enough for me. Oh, I think I'd go go more than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they get back Jalen Phillips, who's by far their best pass rusher and has been out a few weeks, and that's a factor. But I I don't see a a very well co- coordinated defense. I mean, I see a lot of Guys, uh, Dolphins. Yeah, yeah. Emmanuel Agba, who was a great player for a few years in in the old scheme, that's barely playing, and and some guys like Bradley Chubb, who make a lot of money, and he's he's been okay, but not you know Xavier Howard, uh, one of the higher paid cornerbacks in the league, certainly not playing well. The secondary is attackable. I I don't know if that's going to show up this week, uh, especially because the Giants have a. Still have a, you know, they have a new injuries on the offensive line. As bad as it was against Seattle, it's like you lost your center, like right off the bat. That's a hard thing to, to deal with. And and maybe you get back Andrew Thomas. Sounds like you get back uh, Saquon Barkley this week. And the Dolphins won't get back Teron Armstead. So there, there's a lot of injuries here. But then it's like all this mess we're talking about. And then you have Tua Tungavailoa against this Giants defense and these rookie cornerbacks. And you put the over under at about, what, 36 on Dolphins points, I would say. This this smells like another 50 burger. Yeah. I think this is going to happen. Then I'm getting what Zumwalt said we wanted. It could be like 50 to 30, though, maybe. 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 Yeah, it's it's possible that, that Jones gets unlocked a little bit if he gets a little bit of help. Um, but, yeah, I, I think they're going to go up and down the field. This this feels like uh, end of first quarter and the Giants are down 17 nothing or something. So. I, th- but that's I can't get into it. I, I, I hear you, but every time we game. think that, not every time, but it this is like how I felt about the Cardinals coming into the season. And the Giants have already showed us they're largely inept. But it's like, I don't know. Weird things can happen. That said, like, your whole defense is based around high pressure rate and blitzing the quarterback, and they're just not very good at that I either. mean, the Giants have played four games, right? And in seven of those eight halves, they've, they haven't even played. Like, they've been right. absolutely terrible. That's the right. issue that's, here. That's a tough. That's and it's tough. why it makes that's your brain tough. hurt because – you know, again, they, they their whole thing last year was that they were maximizing their talent and well coached. And this year, it seems like the the exact opposite. Football is weird. We should be able to change their monikers, their nicknames when they don't play up. To, like Giants should be switched to something else until they get back to what we what they were named as back in the mm. old days when they were you little. Know, little how about Little Giants? That was a that little was a movie, a Rick Moranis vehicle. Um. Okay. Let's move on. I am on the clock once more. Let's hit up the other New York team, Jets at Broncos. I want to start with a, a public apology. And I'm not alone. And even the great Joe Namath owes an apology to Zach Wilson. 
Hmm. You know who else owes Zach Wilson an apology? Rodney Harrison. That guy's. I mean, why, did he to, why did he need to do that? I don't that? know what is up with that guy. If there's one day to not do it. It's that day. He assaults Chris Jones in a post-game interview, trying because Jones was paying Wilson a compliment for how he played against the Chiefs. And Harrison, I think he's a Patriot and all that. But, like, come on, dude. Let it go. Like, he kept on coming back. He's calling Zach Wilson garbage on, on the air. And sometimes I feel like, and I think it's a part of the, I get it. Listen, I understand. The Jets have gotten a lot of coverage this year, and Zach Wilson is annoying to some people, and you don't want to hear uh, Zach Wilson getting praised because you've seen so much bad tape, and you're like, no, I'm not going to let you say he played well today because he stinks. Like, trust me, Jets fans get the frustration with Zach Wilson, but he's owed an apology because he really did under immense, immense criticism, and just the idea that that was going to be, and I was wrong about it. I, I thought that was going to be a... um the floor hitting the floor going through the floor into the the middle core of earth moment for the Jets franchise against Kansas City with freaking Taylor Swift there and everything and yet they once again showed that there is a heart on this team and they do fight and they didn't win so we're not handing out lollipops and Zach Wilson did fumble that snap at midfield in a tie game late so I can't say that all of a sudden I'm on board with Zach Wilson and the experience but he deserves credit for uh, bouncing back, playing at a high level for him in that game. And now we see what happens in Denver against the Broncos team. We say we don't need to say anything. They just cut Randy Gregory. We'll get to that in a second. Their defense is brutal. And uh, the Jets are not going to put up 70. But how about Jets? And I know this is going to sound insane. But how about the Jets offense scores three touchdowns uh, sure. in Denver this week? And how about uh, this season's oh, over? This season is over. Let's not get crazy here. This season is over for the Jets if they don't win in Denver. They've lost three straight. They're one and three. They got the Eagles next week. Uh, so if you don't win this game, you're staring at one and five. Aaron Rodgers, see you next year. Okay. So find a way with this team. Brees Hall, the big report about him this week is they took off the training wheels. There's no more pitch count on him. Give Brees Hall the, the rock 20 times. Zach Wilson, try to build off that performance. And Nate Hackett, who is escaped criticism for the most part well it piled up on Wilson so see what happens there Nate when you let him throw the ball and you don't let the defense just sit at the line of scrimmage keep challenging the defense with downfield shots what else do you have to lose no I like I, I kind of love guess. this for part two of what we saw from Zach Wilson a week ago the Broncos we, we get it they um they're they were shredded on the ground by Miami so there's Brees Hall there's your opportunity. They have allowed the league high passer rating of 133.4, which is the second worst through four games by any defense this century. So there are doorways for Zach Wilson to have to build on last week. Like if that was an aberration and we go back to what he is like, all right, but that could have a little bit to do with Nathaniel Hackett. It's tough for me to give him credit, but we throw these revenge games around all over the place. I just want to fly around like a butterfly. Zach Wilson should like Zach Wilson should want revenge on everyone. Well, this basically. is the revenge this game. Is it. This, this is, is revenge Nathaniel on Sean Hackett. Payton. Hackett yeah. versus Payton. Hackett, Hackett said, and this is this is the thing I this is what I take from Sean Payton. After all that nonsense and what Sean Payton's been through. Yeah. But by the way, Sean Payton, like, who's going to talk about you next year when they take over the Broncos coaching job and this thing continues to go south? But he never he called Hackett back. Never even called. Of course him he didn't. I, I just I know he. Of course it just, it just he did. Bothers me, and it's like Nathaniel Hackett. Like I'm not sure he's good at what he does. Hi, my name's Nathaniel but it's like, Hackett. He has a revenge game. And, this is a revenge game. And by the way, this game. was the this was the whole point back in the summer. 
was Peyton wrong what he said about Hackett? Like, in terms of what Hackett did as the head coach, no. But the reason why you don't do it is because of the fraternity and everyone gets their ass kicked at different points in the league. And Sean Payton, if he if he fails here, and so far it's not looking so hot, of course you don't want the next guy that takes over to say, yeah, well, the last guy sucked at his job, so, you know, we're bringing some order to this place. Because it's a hard thing. Like, coaching, football is hard, and you don't want anybody stopping on your grave because everybody gets their comeuppance. Even Bill Belichick. Check out the Tom right. Curran conversation we had yesterday. Everything you say, I, I completely agree with, and yet, as a, you know, third party, I, I'm fine with it. <laughs> Well, I like it. I th- I like uh, I like getting spicy. It's still just football. Well, it's not personal. I like it too. But saying, I'm saying, right. like in terms of he's not what saying Hackett's a bad yeah. human. And I like that. If Peyton had lost that Bears game, it, this would have been more of a delightful uh, matchup <laughs> yes. to me because yeah. we would be talking about you know the worst coaching job ever, and here the Broncos are at zero and four. It's somehow less exciting when they're both one and three. It's certainly less exciting uh, without Aaron Rodgers involved. I do want to see Zach Wilson build on it because he's had a couple professional efforts in his career. I went back to see if that was his highest PFF grade. You know, he had like a, in the mid 70s Tennessee game last there, year. Yeah, there was like a Jacksonville well. game, I think, as a yeah. rookie. There, he's had three or four games where it worked for that game. I think he, what he showed last week was a little more next level than what he had before. It was less about just the scheme and it was more about him. So but do it again. And so then we'll start feeling. Even better. They have gotten some good pass rush out of Nick Benito and Jonathan Cooper for the Broncos. That helped that helped turn it around. So that that's a matchup and to watch. And the one thing with Peyton is offensively, you know, I do want to give him some credit that I think it's working. They're a competent offense. They've improved quite a bit offensively. Russell Wilson has improved. He's not hurting them. And they remind me a lot of the post breeze Saints, which weren't great, but everyone would trot out those stats like Teddy Bridgewater and Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. If you combine their win-loss record when they replaced Drew Brees or after Drew Brees, it was like 15-7. and seven. And like they're running that kind of offense, which isn't aesthetically uh, appealing, but it's effective and it's efficient. So if they can get anything out of their defense, the Broncos could turn – their season around. I like the Jets in this game, though. I'm taking them on NFL game debut. Well, are my you? name on it. I've got my name on that. And a score. I like that. Jets are, three uh, touchdowns? Give me three touchdowns. I don't remember what the score was. The Broncos are favored, though, by one and a half. Because if let's they, go, let's ride, baby. If they score three touchdowns, I think the Jets' defense will harass Russell Wilson enough into turnovers that will put them in, uh, in a position to win the game. I don't trust it because I've been hurt too many times. But Jaleel McLaughlin, um, he was fast and shifty. Um, against the Bears. Look out, Javante Williams. Who I think uh, he's probably out this week. Went out with a hip injury, I believe, in this game. That's something uh, to keep an eye on, and I'm super annoyed I didn't pick him up in fantasy, but that's a whole other conversation. I think he could be a, a producer in that Denver offense. It's like, I get it. We're talking about Zach Wilson left and right, but it's like the Jets' defensive line. Go go wreck the entire operation in Denver. They've been good. And that's part of solid, solid too. I said it last week in you know, you don't just have to defend on, uh, depend on that front four to create pressure. You could, you can mix things up and confuse Russell Wilson and get get after it. They did a great job against Patrick Mahomes, who was a lost, a lost pup, as was Josh Allen in Week One. So those are arguably the two best quarterbacks in the league in the first four weeks that got scrambled by the Jets. They should be able to do some things to get Russell Wilson to make mistakes. Win, you play to win the game. As Herm Edwards once said, win this game. I am going to be upset on Sunday night. The people that like when I'm upset, 
yes, you'll you'll be very happy if we can't find a way to win this week because you got it's a gotta have a game. All right. Up next. That's all the more reason for me to root. A yeah, little ominous yeah. for the rest of the cast here, <laughs> uh, including the people behind the glass. It's largely, I, I hope, I, I, I internalize the pain. It will creep out here and there. I, mean, you I think can, we, but we don't I think, want you to feel that pain. Yeah. You know, None of us, you know, we, we've been around each other. You, there's no internalizing possible for any of us. It's like we feel the the energy. Yeah. It's well, okay. How we're, about, we're all friends. How about it would be so crazy for a little positive energy? Yeah. I would been doing this 10 it. years, yeah. this show. A little positive green energy emanating on a Sunday night. It's not the for not Christ's a crazy sake. thing to ask after. You can let me know plus. what you think about you know Matt Ryan in the booth after this game. Too. I'm looking forward to that. All right, um, Mark, you're it's up. Me. I forgot your name just now. I was looking at cool. M, and I was like, Mike. Do I work with Mike? Sessler? Yeah. Whenever someone like <laughs> just blanks my name, it quickly goes to Matt or Mike. Anyway, uh, Matt Sessler, you're up. Or Matilda. Um, let's see. Uh, Tennessee at Indianapolis. Maggie says, oh, jerk. That's good. No, I used to get Marcy. Marcy. I don't like that. <laughs> I mean, just because it's a playoff MARC. So Marcy, Marcy Sessler is a, um, a reception, a, rep, a receptionist. She's cheery. She's Zaftig <laughs> in, in build, but everybody loves but That's her. not me though. That's Marcy Sessler. Okay, but like she, what in a different in Minnesota. In a parallel universe? We're yeah, definitely getting. Actually, I'm. That's my body. As a we're definitely getting a Photoshop of Marcy from some. Uh, Don't eat it. Some <laughs> Why did I open that door? All right, uh, here I'll open this door. Tennessee at Indianapolis. What are they still doing hanging out down here? What a value! Draft. It's Ooh. rare that like yeah, your your fourth pick is way way better than your first pick. So I think I just got. <laughs> Puka Nakua right here. I just watched an old Seinfeld episode about it was one of the greatest ones ever. Even Steve and Jerry, like everything works out for Jerry. Yeah. And in the episode, George gets the job at the Yankees and he moves out of his parents' house. And then Elaine loses her job and gets kicked out of her apartment. And Jerry's right in the middle. He's like, I came out even. You're up. Am I Jerry in this equation? You're even Steven. You're Jerry. I'm also a Zaftig receptionist in the middle of the country. In in an alternate universe. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Tennessee at the Colts. We'll get back to the game here. Um, Jonathan Taylor, maybe we might see him. Uh, he's healthy. He said he's ready to go. I don't know. Do we have sound? I'd like to hear from JT. Yeah, let's. Uh, who you know obviously wanted out this summer and then uh, showed up with the team at the opening of his practice window, and now he might be part of a very exciting offense. Jonathan Taylor spoke to the media for the first time on Thursday. I'm here right now, and my number one thing is to take care of my teammates. Um, a lot of people worry about what I want, what I want. It like doesn't matter what necessarily I want. What matters is what this team needs, what this mm. team wants, what this city wants, and what this city needs. Yeah. And what this city needs is a championship. Hell and, yeah. and while I'm here, that's what I'm going to work my tail off to do. That's what I work my tail off to get the opportunity to do. Um, you know, I think when you've been out for a while, you start looking at it and you, you say, man, when you have that opportunity – and I never took it for granted. But even when it's taken away, you still are like, man, that was a great opportunity. And I can't wait to have another opportunity. So, um, like I said, I never took it for granted and at all. Um, so, you know, help comes first. Like the one thing you hear about Jonathan Taylor yeah. from everyone is like incredible teammate, like a rock in the locker room, like the guy they all kind of look to, uh, especially when you don't have a quarterback to look to in years past. And so I think all that is 100% who he is, and it's true. It's also like if you st- if you hold out a couple more weeks, you don't become a free agent after the season. So it's like the axis of like no, who like, you are and the, what you need to do with your career. I don't want to put too much into it and check out the show, which is uh, on uh, Fast Television. 
and uh, YouTube. Um, but that looked like a guy that is come to terms with his situation. Yeah. Ready to sucks. go. Yeah. Uh, but he's optimistic and excited to play football and there's no sulking there. And I think, you know, if he's healthy, I'm telling you, look out. If this offense has 2021 Jonathan Taylor, hello. Yeah, I'm with you because it's like I think a year ago, like Jonathan Taylor probably for business reasons would return, but it's like return to a hot mess that was getting uglier by the week. Now it's like you're in the Shane Steichen offense where people are being used well. Um, Zach Moss, I think part of the reason Zach Moss succeeded is this offense and the way it's put together. That said, the Colts still ranked 27th in the league of running back characters, carries of five plus yards. Jonathan mm. Taylor gives you that. And it's like, I don't, that kind of threw me because I feel like Zach Moss had done a nice job over the last couple of weeks. I think he had 280 yards in three games. Um, He's been good. But then you just put in the quarterback situation and it's like, I kind of don't care about the stats on, on Anthony Richardson. 32nd in the league in completion percentage. That can change. We've seen that change with Josh Allen, um, other quarterbacks as well. It, it's kind of hard to change it. Like, I don't know if, if that's who he it's is. It's also a small sample size. I'm, it he is, has like, like a 20 for 28 day. He's probably he's middle of the pack. two and a half games. Sure. But I like, I mean, I, I guess like that stands out in today's NFL. For right. But yards, rookies. yards per attempt, I would guess he's, you know, middle of the pack. Because that's a point. More he helpful. leads the league in explosive plays. And on the ground and through there. So it's like, wait, the whole league in two and a half games, 12 plus runs of 12 plus yards and passes of 20 plus carries leading the league. And it's in those and that type of a little more than half the games played. He leads that stat. That is eye opening. I I, I totally agree. Missed an entire game at one point. Uh, I mean, but he but that's we're talking about a quarterback running those. There aren't that many quarterbacks doing that. Yep. And they aren't they aren't also not that long, not that much. So it's like Anthony Richardson is like this completely watchable. Um, he's not a project. Like I know that's sort of what it was billed at, but that's that's not what I see. Because what he can do is the best anything can, anyone's on is on the field. And like I, I like the Colts' defensive line. I think DeForest Buckner. I don't know what kind of car he would fit in if he drove. I, he's just a massive. Um, there's a lot to like. There's some injuries on both I sides know. of the ball. A Toyota Highlander. Mm. What a automobile! Is that a diminutive car? Is that why you're saying that? I don't even know. What uh, that's a sponsor. Oh. And you should oh. be intimately familiar. Well, you fit him in any way you can into that vehicle then. Uh, maybe hums uh, in the open Stewart. road. You throw him in one of those. Next yeah. Week. They look pretty good. Although last week, the Rams did a good job, job. You mentioned Josh Allen. To me, that is the best comp for Richardson in in almost every way. Uh, and you think about Josh Allen as a rookie. And I do think there are certain aspects Richardson is a little ahead of him. Maybe not in the accuracy. That's going to be up and down. But. He's already sliding a lot. I like that. Like Josh Allen just slid for the first time and got apparently got like a quarter for he it. First to jump over six three linebackers. Right. Uh, well, he a said coin? Sean McDermott said Sean McDermott said he had a little something. Like they he he was getting something from Sean McDermott, uh, a little extra bonus hmm. or something. Okay. It was like a an Is ice that legal? Cone. Is that street I, it was legal? Just, I don't think so. I don't think it was anything that was gonna change Josh Allen's life. They were they were having fun. But also like the pocket movement, like I think he is a little more developed than we expected. He's going up against a, a Titans defense, which is good up front. We know that Jeffrey Simmons is playing great. Tierra Tart might be out for this game. I have noticed uh, that the Titans offensive line year after year, mm. the very worst in the league mm. this year. I think the goal is like, let's shuffle the deck. Mm. Uh, let's hope to get better to average. And maybe they are. 
I, they, they, you know, they, they opened up some holes last week. Some of their metrics. What do you mean like, by shuffle the deck? They move some guys around? Uh, no, just new Lots players. Skaronsky yeah. hasn't been healthy. Their some were taken behind pick. the building. Yeah, Andre right. Dillard hasn't really been great. But if you look at their pass block win rate, they run like they're not great. It's like twenty third, twenty first. But it had been like a hard 30, 32, 30, you know, and all the PFF and the win rates. And now it's like, okay, maybe you're not going to be embarrassing. And then that gives Ryan Tannehill a chance. And also Skaronsky. Kind of a boring team, though. They're like Patriots South in in a not a good way. Skaronsky practiced yeah. this week, so we're on Wednesday. They're so better though, I think. think uh, they they are juicier than the Patriots. Yeah, I think they're a better team, but it just feels like oh, this team's still around in the same way. Oh, that's surprising. You know how teams change so fast. This sure. team hasn't so much. This could be a problem, Mark. This could be a close game. Titans are favored by two. I don't, on the know, road. I don't know where the narrative's coming from because I can't control that. I think the thing is when you go try to pick a blowout, it goes into overtime. I've learned that there is no way. It out does of this. have that way. Of I, I, I have not covered the Falcons on a Sunday or the Dolphins on a Sunday. That is a large reason why I, why I picked that. Mm. Despite, I like to mix it up too. Yeah, I don't want the same. I've had the Colts like four times though. So, you know, I backed right into it. Beautiful. All right. Uh, Greg, you're up. All right. I'm going to take the Bengals at the Cardinals. Bengals are favored by two and a half in this game. Feels generous. I'm taking the Cardinals to win this game. I just think you got to trust. That is generous, that spread. You got to trust what you see at some point. Yeah. yeah, Cincinnati could suddenly get a better version of Joe Burrow. But to this point, I'm just going to look. And this is live. DVOA on the season. The Cardinals are 16. That sounds about right. They've looked like an average team. The Bengals uh, are much lower on that list. Got to keep scrolling. 26th. And it's not just because of Joe Burrow. The defense is 25th. I talked about pass block win rate just uh, with the Titans. You know who's second to last in that stat right now? The Cincinnati Bengals. Who they? So you've got a bad offensive line. We've talked the quarterback to death with Burrow. And the defense is quite blah. You've scored three touchdowns. We're, we're, We're entering week five. And you've given up over 170 rushing yards in three out of four games. And I look at this Cardinals team and the way Josh Dobbs is running and the way Connor's running in the scheme. And I think if they can be close in this game, they should be able to run the ball. Maybe the Bengals step up again. They had a one great game against L.A. But other than that, their defense has been blah. And that's why I think to this point in the season, the Cardinals have been a little better team. And this might be lights out if you if you lose and you're the Bengals in this one. This is a must-win type that's of game. Why I think they'll, they'll win. I know, but yeah. wouldn't that have the Bengals. worked last week, too? Yeah. I don't know. But this uh, is like the perfect well, matchup of, the like, before. this is the perfect matchup of, like, team we're struggling to believe is problematic on all sorts of fronts, and team we're struggling to believe is real on all sorts of fronts. But I just want to read a couple quick things about this Bengals offense to add to what you said, Greg. They have four completions of 20 or more yards. Last year, over this over four games, over 16 games last year, they had that game canceled, 53. Uh, they aren't that same offense. He's, Burrow is two of 22, throwing the ball more than 15 yards. He hit 50% a year ago. He's obviously throwing shorter, quick relief passes, but it's not working. None of their screen passes this year have gained more than 10 yards. Mm. They have fewer drives of 25-plus yards than Miami has plays of 25-plus yards. 23% of Burrow's on-target throws have been dropped. So it is Burrow, and there are certain things he can't do. We can see that visually. But it is the environment. It's the people around him. So Jamar Chase getting all upset and all this stuff. It's like, there are, there are all sorts of things happening here. Also, the opponents are a part of this, too. They're, they're, they've been, it's been a tough schedule out of the gate for them. They have, At Cleveland, uh, Ravens, 
Rams, which they won that game, but scored 19 and not a great defense, but, you know, still. At Tennessee, which is a tough draw. Mm-hmm. I'm already, as a Bengals fan, panicking about the season because the, in part because the expectations are so high and now you're one in three. But, like, Arizona, I know they're on some level a, a good story so far that they've been competitive. Uh, but if Cincinnati has anything in them in terms of and Burroughs quoted this week, we need we need a win for morale. And I believe in the power of Burrow as a leader. And I mm. think I, I really do feel going to do it. I feel very, very what's what is it again? The Bengals are favored. Yeah, one two, and a half, two and a half. I feel very strongly that Cincinnati figures out a way to get it done. Now, I don't know. Is T Higgins playing in this game? That's not a good situation. I think he is going to. I heard he's going to try to grit it through without broken rib. Despite being, you know, he's in a contract year and that can go both ways. Like you want to I, save yourself, but he also wants some numbers and he's struggling right now. And I think he wants to put up some. And we, it's a it's, it's a, a test. For it's, him. A, it's a test, obviously, also for Zach Taylor, who's uh, gotten some criticism here about the, the offensive game plan. They need to figure something out. And I think you're going to see a team, even if maybe I don't believe in them because of the way the setup is. I think you're going to see them come to life a little bit, score some points and win this game. I agree with you. And I, I think it's because of the matchup, like as as good a story as the Jonathan Gannon's been his defense has been quite mediocre. They're 30th in DVOA. There's one play caller, though, in this game mm. that I do trust mm. to, like, make make the most out of what he's got. It's not Zach Taylor. Captain it, Lou. It's Drew Pensing. Oh. It's Drew <laughs> Pensing. OK, let's get ready for some head coaching <laughs> interviews. Drew Pensing. I just think a guy that that has Jacoby Brissett. In, exactly. Like a t- as a top 10 EPA per play guy. And then the next year takes Josh Dobbs and he's playing really well. And they're seventh in DVOA right now. Offensively, Michael Wilson and Marquise Brown are both on pace for a thousand yards. Like I drew Pensing. What a guy. So did you? Okay. So is that how you that's say P-E-T-Z-I-N-G. Petzing, I would say. Petzing. Say, I Cleveland's say, I QB totally, coach from a year ago. I totally messed He's up. I guess you can give him all the credit for the Browns last year. He was just a QB coach. So He's, I'm connecting a few too many dots, but he's having a nice start to his career as a player. First time play yes. caller. He's doing yes. well. I mean, I would say this. Like, they can run the ball. That's going to – Cincinnati's going to have to deal with that. Like, the cards right now have more rushing yards per game than the Cowboys, Bills, Chiefs, Lions, and Falcons. If I didn't feel so hot about the lock of the Bills and the fact that you guys are on the lock as well, um, I would absolutely move to Cincinnati and put my belief in Burrow. It would um, be gutsy. But can't do it because you're. it's just too good a lock this week. And that is the kiss of death. The Jacksonville Jaguars will win in London. Yeah. That was way too confident. Right. Yeah. It, it it's over. But that gives Greg his first loss, so I would actually take that. Let's, let's go, Jax. Yeah, it's kind of pointless when we're all on the same lock, but... No, it's just a week where you carry it forward. I was thinking about this driving down. It's like it feels a little um, showman free. You're two and two, right? Yeah, but I can't like I I can't think still early. I only think about myself and my own locker room and my own organization. Uh, We have the standings so far. Yeah, we've been looking for this. Um, uh, Wait a a little check in at the quarter pole. Greg off to a four. Uh, How about a spell check there, clowns? Wait, (laughs) still doing this? We got a K. We still doing this? We got a K on Sessler on Mark. Clown show. <laughs> Greg, you're off to a 4-0 start. Uh, the Zuzzer got one point beat in week one with the Chiefs, and now I'm 3-1. and one. Hold on. So it's not alphabetical. Why am I below the Wesley Brothers? <laughs> right. So, yeah, the Wesley. Good job by Phil taking over uh, 
Wes and Mark. Uh, such, do a, it too. such easy fodder. <laughs> too easy. It's it's too easy. It's actually not right. And I, I personally condone it. I know and you shame do. on everyone. If not instigate it or trigger it. All right. Let's get this last draft. Never do such a way. thing. Uh, all right. One more. I wanted to avoid this game, and now I got the worst of all scenarios. I got Saints at Patriots. Patriots favored by one as my backup early game. Oh, uh, woof. This game's not going to have any offense. <laughs> I, I like the Saints defense unbalanced. They eventually capitulated last week, but their offense is maybe more brutal to watch than the Patriots. New England's coming off a week where they lost their potentially their best two players for the season, Matthew Judon and Christian Gonzalez. Judon uh, is maybe hoping to return late in the season from a torn biceps, which sometimes is possible. Gonzalez, for it, what reason? It sounds like is out. He'll for come the year. back in week 18 and knock the Jets out of the playoffs. That's that's <laughs> my prediction. Uh, look, I don't think the Patriots have any chance. We, we went over them a lot this week with, with Tom Curran. Uh, this is a, a brutal schedule that they have all season. The next two weeks are the softest part. I mean, there are, home for New Orleans at Las Vegas. They'll have a chance to win each of those games. They could they could lose both. They could win both. I don't know. And I don't think it's going to matter in the long run. I, it's like, how do they both respond to complete no-shows? Because Patriots got a lot of attention here. But in New Orleans, that loss against the Bucks was a like, oh, my God, what have we done? Is Derek Carr any better than Andy Dalton? Uh, you know, some people might uh, disagree. It's like, okay, he's hurt. I I don't know. He's throwing the ball 60 yards down the field. He's doing things. Maybe they adjusted the offense. Is there play caller Pete Carmichael really ready for this job? Like, is he creative enough? We have a lot of talent in New Orleans. They played a better offensive line, and you can't score a touchdown on, on Todd Bowles. Come on now. You put up nine points. But what about the Bulls' sons? You can't go both ways on that one. Well, I get it. But the Bucks' <laughs> defense, well coached. I'm not going to say they're a top five unit or anything. So how do both of these teams respond after really embarrassing week fours? And Because it's going to be dark in one of these. It was now. very – just the whole – the vibe at the Superdome, which is one of the more fun places to watch a football game. Um, just very – a dead zone. Uh, I mean, Derek Carr taking like an immediate check down on a third and nine when you're Shouldn't down two playing. scores. Uh, yeah, but yeah. here's the thing. He took Come some big now. hits. He held the ball forever in that game. I saw no evidence of his injury in particular. And if he's out there, you have to evaluate what's out there. And sometimes he was perfectly protected. And then he's just, oh, let's get another three yards to Camara on third and nine. <laughs> the Camara when, we need a, when we need a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, so I, it was the decision making was terrible out of car. He I, played I, a But a lot of those checkdowns could be the result, even if you don't see him wincing, of a different type of. So, uh, so that's fine. So I, I'd even accept, like, let's say that he will find out down the road that he was injured in that game and or played through pain. Well, we know he did. Okay, but yeah, what yeah. about what about the other weeks? Like right. he's not. He's just not. He's I, fine. I know. There's but did like, you see Jameis Winston's moon ball when he came yeah, into I'm this not, game? But I'm not. That's but, what you're signing up no, for. I'm not. I, yeah. I'm not, I want to read this. Comparison him to Jameis Winston. Yeah. Here's like the, they paid a ton of money to Derek Carr, and I, I feel like I always said it's going to be frustrating, and it's very frustrating. Okay, so here's their their totals on offense this season. 16, 20, 10, and 9. Oh, well, they must have played the most brutal like uh -oh. defensive schedule in the what league. What they got? No, it's Titans, good defense, not amazing. Panthers, Packers, Bucks. I mean, they're one of the worst offenses right. in the league. I don't know exactly why or how, but that's just a fact. Yeah, they seem directionless. It just, 
Yeah. It's and now funny. they got to play the Patriots, who are down a few players, but coming off a loss, I don't think they're going to suddenly start scoring. I'm expecting this game to be about I, 12 to 11. I do think, though, that, like, <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. It should not, it should be Orleans versus England and take the new out of both because they feel old uh, and stale to me. This is good. But, did you, Brian, did you pre write that? You no, can I shut it down. You can close the laptop. No, You're noticed. done, Mark. I, I don't want to pat like, myself on the back, but I have stopped looking at his computer. No, just the last okay. once I got Redundant. The new, the whole business. We got it. You came from another part of the earth. Have a nice time. But how about like I do like their defense. I think they I think oh, like, yeah, it's a really they, good they can absolutely it's, rattle an unwatchable Patriots offense. Brian Brzee kicked people's butts last week. Um I thought the Saints DBs, they got fried on a couple plays, but I, that's the thing you can rely on. And I mean this, Lattimore and uh Alante Taylor are as good as it gets for a, a cornerback duo. Really this like crazy it. PFF stat on Mac Jones last week, and we get we know that game was a black mirror scenario for the whole team, but Turnover-worthy plays on 21% of his snaps versus Dallas. I, I don't recall that from a quarterback that didn't come in for like 10 snaps or eight snaps and then threw a, two picks. It was bad. It was bad. And I love, you know, Kern just, guess what? Tom Kern. Yeah, Belichick does think think you're a dink now because that, he was ethering the Patriots on our show yesterday. You should but. see him on the local broadcast. It's even, <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's even more. It's uh, all right, good, uh, good, 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 good stuff. Um, oh, do you guys want to see, just out of curiosity, what Drew Petzing looks like, the Cardinals' offense coordinator? I've looked this up. Well, he was it was the Browns. Check yeah, us sure. out on so Fast TV and yeah. on YouTube. There okay. he is. Looks like uh, like Mike Garofolo's brother. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Or yeah, absolutely. Another Garofolo using a different man's last name. Like a reason. guy that, like a guy that, really can handle himself in cornhole. That's that's what Drew Petzing <laughs> yeah. looks like. If if you can't see the show, we just described it. Yeah, and check it out on YouTube. And check out our uh, bonus app coming this week uh, with Nick Shook, little QB index talk. If you made it this far, nice tease. In a uh, preview show, you're our kind of listener. You're gonna yeah, like or if you fast forwarded to this, I hope that's not the case. But that's the could you could get here by that pathway. Okay. Don't do that. All right. Thank 2. you, to everyone, for always supporting our show. Yes, plenty more to come. Uh, NFL Plus uh, Thursday night recap coming up tonight. Bonus up with Nikki Shook, and then the flagship show on Sunday. Till then, Dan Hans is signing off for Quiet Storm. The old boss, Eric Roberts, behind the glass. Glass. Heed the call. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.